We are on week two of our series, No Worries. Come on, somebody, right? The series title speaks for itself, No Worries. Lots of stuff to worry about these days. Anybody in here, just, you don't have to raise your hand. Anybody in here, if they had worrying in the Olympics, you would be able to compete? I'll raise my hand. Like, uh, if, they, if, if that was an Olympic sport, if worrying was an Olympic sport, I, I think I could meddle in it. I mean, I, I think I could do it. And, uh, and so we're, we're talking about worry. We're talking about the things that keep us up at night, the stuff that we can't seem to shake, what fills our mind. Last week, we jumped right in. Matthew 6 is where we're going to be today again. Jesus talks about the, you know, the words used, it's multiple different words for that word worry. Some translations it says anxiety. Don't have anxiety about tomorrow. Don't have, have anxiety about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat. Uh, you know, the New International Version is a version that we're reading from. It says don't worry. King James, I like the way King James says it. It says take no thought. Take no thought about tomorrow. Take no thought about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat. The clothes, you're, you know, the clothes you're going to put on. I, I like that because it almost illustrates it in, in a different way, a different aspect. He's saying there's, there's things that you're worried about that you shouldn't grab a hold of. Take no thought. There's thoughts that come in our minds, and we all know this, that are just not healthy. That we shouldn't dwell on, that we shouldn't focus on. That worrying, you know, it gives you something to do. It's like sitting in a rocking chair. It gives you something to do. <laughs> But you don't get anywhere. And, and, and you dwell on it and you sit on it. And, 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 you know, if we could be in the crowd 2,000 years ago when Jesus is, is, is speaking these verses. Again, he uses that word anxiety or worry six times in eight or nine verses. It's the most you see it used. It's only used about 20 times in the whole New Testament. And in Matthew 6, it's just littered with that word. And, and, and last week we seen that Jesus asked three questions. Why are you worrying? If you, if, if you worry about tomorrow, can you add one inch to your stature? Like, can you grow? You know, like, whatever it is you're worrying on or about, he, he asks a question. Is it really going to do any good at all? And then this, this week, he's, he, we're going to kind of turn the page a little bit. Last week, we focused on the birds. That was Jesus' answer, right? No, no, he said, watch the birds. He didn't say, become a bird, but it's pretty beautiful that he points you to nature and he says there's things that the birds know that you don't. He says you can learn from them. He's not saying become a bird. Right? This is like the most rasta, rasta few verses in the Bible. I feel like we got Bob Marley Jesus here, uh, you know, sitting on a, a hillside telling people to look at the birds and check the flowers out. And, uh, but he said look at the birds. You can learn from them. They are not worried about tomorrow. They don't stow away in barns is what he was saying. Like... They know. They know something we don't know. <laughs> Somehow, instinctually, that they're going to be okay. That they don't have to worry about tomorrow or next week. And so that's, that's, that's beautiful to me. But Jesus asked three questions. And this week we're going to talk about the second half of these verses. My son, he's, he's five years old. You may, you may see him running around here. If you see him running in the road out the windows, please flag me down. Uh, long blonde hair, and, and uh, one of the things he absolutely despises is sleeping. Okay, like, like, I mean, he would rather go and get a shot or go to the dentist 
than go to sleep. I mean, he doesn't like to sleep. And I mean, it started early on. I mean, when he was just a little kid, I don't know. I think all kids are like that. And it's amazing how once you get, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, the things you used to hate, you, you pray for. <laughs> it's like the things you used to run from. Now you're like, Lord, I could just, I just need a nap. Come on, uh, sleep is a gift from God. That's somewhere in there. Proverbs, naps are naps are just just beautiful things. NASA did a study on naps, and they they apparently if you take a nap during the day, you're way more productive. So, uh, go figure. But anyways, my son hates sleep, and we found out pretty quick, my, my wife and I, that the worst thing we can do to get him to fall asleep is to tell him to go to sleep. And I'm finding worry is pretty much the same way. The worst thing you can tell somebody that's worrying is, hey, just stop worrying about it. Right? right? I think the worst thing, a family member or somebody comes to you and they're worried over something. And if you tell them to stop worrying, guess what they're usually going to do? They're going to worry more. It's like what they say, if we tell, all right, close your eyes and fall asleep. How do you, fall, how do you make yourself fall asleep? I don't think you can do it. Worry is in the same category. We can't make ourselves stop. As much as we try, we can get 100 people to surround us and just tell us it's all going to be good. Just stop worrying. And, and a lot of times it has the opposite effect on us. And so Jesus is talking to a crowd whose biggest concern at the time was what they were going to eat and, and, and how, where they were going to live. They were living hand to mouth in this day, 2,000 years ago. That means like they were day to day with their food pretty day-to-day with what they were doing. The men that were following Jesus left their families and careers to follow after this 30-something-year-old who the world thought was crazy. And they're concerned. These are, real, these are real things to be concerned about, right? Food, shelter. I think if, 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 if this was given today, if Jesus was sitting in our room, you know, in this room with us right now, was speaking these, these same words of wisdom, it probably wouldn't be food, or clothes, he would say, don't worry about, you fill in the blank. <laughs> Your job, how you going to pay those bills, masks, vaccines, doctor's appointments, pestilences, wars, hypersonic missiles. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I could just keep going and going. I mean, you get on, you could, breaking news. It's every day, it's something new, it's something, you know, th- that tries to take that spot. For them, it was just simple, food, clothes. 21st century, it's a little different. We got plenty of food, most people. We got plenty of clothes, but it's peace. Or maybe it's just direction. I feel like I'm being pulled in a million different places and I don't know where to go. I don't know what's next for my life. Maybe it's something that's happening at home. Maybe it's something that was said over you, a diagnosis. Or you, I mean, there's a lot of things. And, and, and a lot of these worries, we can almost categorize them. I and most people could, you know, you could almost put buckets of people that are worried about certain things the most. If I look back over my life, I was worried about a place to live for a long time. I, was, I rented, and that's not a great program, you know, because when the owner decides they don't like you or they want to sell the house, I've got to find somewhere to live, you know. I, I stayed up many, many nights praying, asking God, Lord, I really want to own a home because I don't want nobody to tell me I can leave or got to leave, you know. That's, that's a real worry. The first house I bought back when it was, I was like 20 years old, you could make $10 an hour and buy any kind of house you wanted back 20 years ago. Like, I mean, I, mean, I made no money. 
gave me, they gave me all the money I wanted to borrow it because they knew I wasn't going to be able to pay it. And I know, you know like, like apparently that was the, the program uh, with, with these adjustable rate mortgages. You bring in a check and, and they see you got a job, what you want? You want a beach house? Sure. A vineyard in California? Two or three? Whatever you want. Because they were just, you know, they were incentivizing. And, and, and I mean, wor- worry, worry, worry. I want to pick up in verse 28. Jesus speaking, why do you worry about clothes? Again, he's pointing to nature. Look at the flowers. (laughs) Look at how they grow. They don't labor and they don't spin. And I tell you that even Solomon in all of his splendor was not dressed like one of these. And so if God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, how much more will he not take care of you? So I, I, love, I love that. I love that, that Jesus is telling us to look at the flowers, learn from them, and I want to draw out a few things. He told us to, to look at the birds and learn about what they do, and then the flowers, he's saying, I want you to learn because they know something you don't, and it's what they don't do. He said two things. They don't spin, right? They don't spin. I've seen, I don't know what that means exactly. And, and, and they don't toil. And that word toil basically means strive. You ever felt like you were striving in your life? You ever felt like you were trying to get something that was just out of your reach and no matter how hard you tried, you just couldn't grab it? May have been a promotion, may have been a relationship, Maybe a certain goal. And he's saying, I, Jesus is, I think he's trying to get us to hit the pause button here. And he said, these flowers aren't worried about what they look like or what tomorrow's going to bring about. They got really one thing in mind. The sun, really. Like, right, that's, that's what they do. They, they're, they're, they're not spinning. They're not going in a million different directions for what they need. They got one source. I think that's what he means there. And then the other thing is they don't, they don't spin. You know, I'm, I'm worry for me. I feel like I almost call this, this message spin cycle. You got a spin cycle on your washer? I, I feel like worry is circular. And when I start worrying, it's like my mind, my whole lot, it just goes into the spin cycle, right? I'm doing a whole lot and I'm going in a circle and it's loud and it looks like things are happening, but they're not. And he said, learn, learn from the flowers. They don't, they don't spin, they're focused, they're, they're steady, they're, they're rooted. And then he goes on, and he talks about, again, he brings up the fact that they're not, birds aren't worried about food and the flowers, how they're dressed. He says everything that they need, God puts on them. And he says, so why are you worried about food? And why are you worried about whatever it is that's at the top of your list? And then he makes this statement. I, I want you to see, this is worth the whole message. So don't worry. What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? Verse 32, he says the, the world is running after these things. That's what the world is doing. They are focused on that and that all the time. But your heavenly father, he knows what your needs are. Now, just for a moment, think about this. If you went home tonight and you were getting ready to go to sleep and you're laying down I don't know what you do before you go to bed. I watch Everybody Loves Raymond. 
Yeah, so whatever you got, whatever your cycle of your routine is before you go to sleep, I do read and stuff too, but I'm not, I'm not going to be all spiritual here. I, watch, I do watch some shows. You turn the lights off, you're getting ready to go to bed, and an angel just shows up in your room. And that thing that keeps you awake, that you, you have a hard time falling asleep because you're thinking about it, and you wake up in the middle of the night and it's the first thing that you see and feel and sense, worry. Imagine that angel just shows up in your room and sits down on the edge of your bed and says, I want you to know, God knows. God knows. No answers, no solutions, no here's, here's three steps, take this pill, drink this, you're going to be fine. None of that. But just God knows. What would that do to your level of worry and anxiety if we could just get that one thing deep down in our soul? That no matter what is, has you worried, God knows. Man, that's, I mean, it's, it's that, those two words, I've never seen them before. Like those two, I just read right over it, but I couldn't stop this week thinking about the fact that God knows every single thing that you're facing, that you will face. And he may not give you the answers, but just knowing that he knows. Doesn't that do good for your soul sometimes? Like when you go through stuff in your life, I've heard it said you're only as sick as your secrets. And we all have them. Stuff that we've been through, things that have hurt us, people that have hurt us, we've all got it. But just to know that God knows. Another person on this planet may have no idea the stuff I'm up worrying about at night, but God does. And that brought peace to me. And, I, and that's my, my first thing I want to give you. I got three points this morning is that God knows all of your needs. And I wish I could tell you that that thing that's got you worried, that he's going to work it all out. And I wish that I could tell you that, that God works all things together for good and, and that you're going to get what you're, what you're wanting for and, 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 and what you're, what's got you worried. I, I can't say that. But I can say that no matter what you're facing in your life right now, you're not facing it alone, and God knows your needs. As detailed as when a sparrow falls to the ground, as detailed as he closed the flowers, if you drive down to the National Seashore right now, it's beautiful. Fort Pickens, there's flowers everywhere. Flowers that nobody will ever see. And God knows every one of them. And if he's that detailed about nature he knows you he knows what you're going through he knows what you're facing and he knows exactly what you need and i think that's the point jesus is making here i think when he says look at the flowers look at the look at the birds i came across this i want to read it to you and it's a billy graham devotional said the robin to the sparrow i should really like to know why these anxious human beings Rush about and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and for me. He says, learn from the birds. Learn from them. They, they know something we don't. They know that every ounce of worry I'm putting into tomorrow is not doing any good. God knows. God sees. And then he goes on and, and he... He makes a statement. 
It's been multiple questions up to this point. Why are you worrying? Why do you worry about what you're going to eat? Why are you going to worry? You know, he's making, he asks questions, but then he makes a statement. And it's one of the most powerful verses, I think, in all of the Bible. And he gives what I, what I see as a, as a solution to a lot of the worries. And I, I wanted to talk about this for just a moment because there's some things I believe that, that God will, in his power and his might, he, he, he can just take from us. But then there's some things that I know that, that people struggle with, that I've struggled with, that worry so bad that it's at a point where I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed and I've still got this stuff, right? That, 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 the, the worry and the anxiety gets to the point where we'll call it, it's at, it's at a clinical level. I, I can't go to work. I'm so worried. I can't, I can't my relationships are, are falling apart and, and I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling and, and I've, I've, had, I've been anointed with so much oil you could fry 35 chickens. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I have, I have prayed, I've got on my knees, I've shouted, I've jumped, I've clapped. I've tried it, Pastor, I've tried it. There's nothing wrong with going to a professional and getting help if you're struggling with worry and anxiety. Nothing wrong with going to a doctor. It's not a sin to be sick. We don't get on people if they got the flu and they go and get, the, get medicine from a doctor. But for some reason, when it comes to this area, it seems to be put in a different category, right? And I want you to know that, that it's okay. And I'm not saying that this is the one-all fix-all. And I'm going to give you three points right here. You're never going to worry again. I wish, right? We'd all be rich. Come on, somebody. Like, we just, if, if I had the secret sauce, but I, I, I don't. The, the Bible has a lot to say about it, and it has a lot of truth there. But I think just as much as a, a, the miracle of God just taking that worry from you, is there's the, the miracle of modern medicine. And God giving doctors gifts and wisdom, counselors, to help you work through some of this stuff. Because people, I, 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 it's, it's okay to not be okay. And the worst thing you can do is not tell anybody, you know, is isolate yourself, try to struggle with it, fight it on your own. I got this. It's not a big deal. I mean, you got you to bring it to the light and, 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 and tell somebody. And so there's nothing wrong with that. There's, there's, there's worry a lot of times could just be a signal. It's not, you know, maybe it's not a sickness. Maybe it's not something that, that you're going to have to live with in the name of Jesus for the rest of your life. I don't believe that. It's a lot of times it's a signal that something's out of whack. That something maybe is not where it needs to be. Maybe there's priorities. Maybe it's something internal, but it's a signal. And Jesus goes right to the heart of the issue. Verse 32, he says, the pagans, he says, the world, the things that you're worrying about, he's talking to a crowd, these are hard words. He says, the stuff you're worrying about, Christians, is the stuff the world's worried about, and that shouldn't be so. He said, you're worried about clothes, you're worried about food, you're worried about your 401k, you're worried about that lake house at Lake Martin, you're worried about getting that car, that boat, that, these are all good stuff, all good stuff. Important stuff, but not the top of the list. And when we minor on the major, we major on the minor, our life kind of gets out of alignment. And that's what he's, I think he's really saying to this crowd. He's saying, y'all are chasing after stuff that's way down here. And God wants you to chase after stuff up here. Because you can get the car, and you can get the house, and you can hit all your financial goals. Nothing wrong with any of that. And then you're going to find yourself worrying about the same stuff, just on a different level. There's just more zeros behind it now. 
He says, so don't do that. The world is worried about that stuff. It's, and it's crazy. If you look at you get on social media, and it's food and clothes. Nothing's changed in 2,000 years. Everybody's showing off their outfit. I do it. You know, say I grilled some ribs yesterday. Everybody's seeing these. You know, it's food and clothes. It's like, I mean, nothing's changed. He's like, but, but that's all good stuff. Nothing wrong with that stuff. But if you're living for that, you're going to worry. And then here's the verse, verse 33. Seek first. Here's, here's the command. He's asked questions. Now he's making a statement. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, and you can just list all these things that you've been worried about. All these things, for them it was food and clothes and houses and those were important things, are going to be given to you. You're working for things that God wants to give you. You're striving for things that God is just going to add to your life if you can get the priority list where it needs to be. This is good preaching, y'all. I know it's quiet, but this is, this is, this is, this is good. I think, I think I'm preaching a little better than you're shouting this morning. I don't, know, I don't know. And so I think what he's saying is God's provision comes with God's priorities. When I make important to me what's important to God... A lot of this stuff I'm worried about is just going to follow. And what's important to God? Truth, goodness, right? Beauty, people, family, friends, community. I can keep going and going and going. I mean, what, what's important to God? I, I, it's more than religion. It's more than just the sacraments. It's more than buildings. Thankful for those. But it's people. It's relationships. It's your life. It's important to God. It's, it's what you do with the life God's given you. It's what you spend your life on. Every day we all got 24 hours. And every day we all have the same opportunity. And he's talking to this crowd and he's saying, you're giving too much time to food and clothes and stuff that's not going to matter in eternity, just a few years when you step into this. He's like, none of this stuff is ever going to matter. I was listening to a pastor one time that, that uh, was talking about some of the struggles in his church. and uh, uh, they, There was a coup that was formed over the color of the carpet that they put in. The church was about to split. They took the pews out. So all the, you know, the church was literally about to split over the color of the carpet in the pews. And this pastor, whose whole life depended on that church, was worried. And he said, the Lord woke him up and said, you need to stop worrying about things that do not matter in eternity that's pretty good what's the kingdom of God it's eternal it's things that are going to matter after this life it's things that are going to matter like I mean this is just kind of a dress for, you know it's a this is a short little window that we have here on this side and he's like he's like I want you to spend your life on the kingdom not you know he's not saying I want you to give everything he says I want you to give your first seek first the kingdom now, that word seek, it's a pretty powerful word. It doesn't mean like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm searching for my lost sock. It's like more of a, it's a lifetime. It, 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 he's saying that this journey of life, it, you, don't, you don't graduate from seeking first the kingdom. It's not something you did when you were nine, and then now, you know, now I've sought the kingdom then, but I'm, I'm kind of graduated from that now. It's more of like it, the term is a lifelong journey of searching and seeking for what God has for you. I think that's exciting. 
It's like he's inviting this crowd into, he's like, you know, you're worried about all this stuff. If you don't like your job and you're worried and it's not paying you enough and you're lacking food and you're lacking clothes, well, hey, won't you come with me and seek after the kingdom? I don't have a house, though. (laughs) Right, Jesus? He said, the birds of the air have a place to live. I don't have nowhere to lay my head and I have no money. But I got power. I got peace. And I know what I'm put here on the planet to do. And I think that's way worth way more money than, any, than or way, worth way more than any, any amount of money. He says, seek, seek first the kingdom. And, and so what is that? What does it mean to seek the kingdom, y'all? I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Some of, some of the greatest theologians that I've had the privilege of reading, they talk about holding it in a mystery. Because Jesus says a lot about the kingdom. He says it's a treasure in a field. That if you want to get it, you got to sell everything. He talks about how the kingdom is, is within. Talks about the kingdom that's coming down from heaven. I've, I've heard many different aspects of it. I've heard it's the, the, the rule and reign of God. So wherever the Holy Spirit is ruling and reigning, you have the kingdom. I don't know. It's held in a mystery. I think it's different for every person. Frederick Beekner, in his book, there's a novel called The Book of Bev. He describes it like this. What is the kingdom of God? He says it's life. It's life. Not the kind of half-baked, moth-eaten life that most of us live most of the time, but real, honest-to-God thing. It's like life with a capital L. It's the treasure a man spends all his born days looking for, no matter if he knows it or not. It's the kingdom of heaven. It's the treasure that up till a man finds it, every other treasure that comes his way doesn't amount to spit. (laughs) The kingdom comes by looking for it. The kingdom comes sometimes by not looking for it too hard. There's times that the kingdom comes by it looking for you. The kingdom of God. Jesus talked a lot about it. He started his ministry talking about the kingdom of God. He ended it talking about the kingdom of God. And then when he resurrected, he went around talking about this kingdom. I think it's a life that you're meant to live. I think it's a life that I'm meant to live. I think there's a life that's given to us, and then there's this life that God shows us glimpses of it. That every person has, I think, I think we struggle with it a lot. I do. Is this, is, this, is this kingdom? Is this not kingdom? You know, God, am I, am I worrying about the wrong things? And I want you to know that because that's okay. Because it's, it's something that I, I think if we're in the, it's in our minds <laughs> and it's important to us. And Jesus says, if you can get it at the top of your list, if you're living for that, it's a good place to be. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. I like how he says first. Seek first. You know, he could have said, you know, spend your life on the kingdom of God. You know, everything, every moment, every minute. But he does, and he says first. And I think there's something important about that. And, and when we, if, we, if we can define Christianity in a simple statement, it's putting God first. It's Genesis 1-1, in the beginning. It's starting with God. And maybe the kingdom is inviting that into every aspect and area of our life. 
not just here, not just in our spiritual life, but every aspect of my life. It's, it's, it's Lord, is, 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 is this contract yours? Do I need to do this? God, is this a partnership that I need to progress in? I don't, God, is this, is this the house? Everybody and their brother's bidding on it, you know what I'm saying? But is this, is this the right one for us? Lord, I, I mean, I don't, is, this, is this the right relationship? I'm ready to get married. I love her. I love him. But I, I just, is this, I think it's, it's just that every day, seeking God's kingdom, seeking his counsel. And you don't need to sit down with a priest or a pope to do that. He says that the Holy Spirit is in you and with you right now. And so you take them everywhere you go. If you're a Christian in here, you, you go to work, the Holy Spirit's with you. You get in your car, he's with you. You go eat at the Grand Marlin after this, save me a seat. I'll be with you too. No, I'm just saying, no, but, no he, he's, uh, he's with you. He's with you. And so it's, it's, it's this, okay, I've got access. I don't want you to think, when we think kingdom, we think assets, like stuff. And it's not about stuff. I want you to think access. You have access to God any moment of your life. Sometimes we can experience and feel him and know he's there, but other times we're just going on faith. Other times it's, all right, Lord, I don't, I just, it's a quick prayer before you go into that meeting. And you may not get a response, but it's, it's, it's what you're doing first. It's so tempting in the morning, so tempting for me to wake up and the first thing I do is grab the phone. And I know now that that is bad for me. I'm not saying that's bad for everyone, but it's bad for me. So I have a devotional next to my bed. I have a devotional next to the porcelain throne. I have a devotional. <laughs> and so I'm just telling you, I'm trying to make it really easy to start with word. To start with God. Every morning. It may just be a simple little reading. It may just be one verse. That may be all I have time to do that morning. But it's starting with God. Because, again, worry is circular. It's just going a million different directions, a million different ways. Well, maybe it's this, or maybe it's that, or maybe it's this, or maybe it's that, or maybe if I do. But, but if we start with God, a lot of times we can end with God. And that's the principle. He's saying, I want you to do this first. I want you to make this a priority. I want you to if, 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 seek. That word also means to aim at. I want that to be your, your goal. And, and, and you can set personal goals and do all that, and that's awesome. He's saying, but, but, but at the end of the day, seeking the kingdom, I think, it's, I think he gives us a little bit more of a glimpse of it if we scroll up a little bit in Matthew 6 in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, right? Verse 10, thy kingdom come, right? Your, your kingdom come, your will be done. It's praying that. On earth as it is in heaven. It's, 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 it's literally knowing that I am walking into something that God has already prepared for me. And I'm not having to create these circumstances. God has prepared a blessing for you. He says he's, he has created, you are God's workmanship. You're his masterpiece. And there's things that God has, has already prepared for you to walk in. And so I don't have to fight everybody for it, right? I don't, like he's like, look at the flowers. They're not striving they're not spinning. They're not trying, running. He's like, they, they know what they're here to do. He's like, when, when you start with the kingdom, whatever is yours, no one else can get it. Whatever is not yours, you don't want it. Come on, somebody, right? 
But it's that prayer. It's verse 10. It's, it's saying, all right, Lord, not my will. And that's where it hurts, y'all. That's where it hurts. That's where we've seen Jesus sweating great drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. The Son of God who wrote the book and was given a cup that he didn't want. And he prayed, Lord, three times, please, if there's any other way. But he did it. Not my will. Cheers. And there's going to come times in your life where that's going to happen. And it hurts. I don't understand it. I wish I could give answers to it. But I know it's the best way to live this life. It's for the kingdom. It's stretching forward into eternity. It's, it's asking God. It's like, you know, Lord, no matter how good it may seem, if it's not in your plan for me, I don't, I don't need it. I mean, it's a good opportunity, right? It's great, but it's, it's like, I, it's that filter, y'all. It's starting there. It's starting with the kingdom. It's starting with God. And then he gives even, I mean, I, mean, I think the, the most incredible part of all of this is he says, if you can do that, and this is hard, y'all. I know this is hard preaching. I get distracted a lot. I have started off on good directions to do good things that were dead in roads a hundred times. I mean, literally, my wife's up here laughing. I've started like multiple businesses. I thought this is gonna be it. Nope. Come on, anybody, right? Like this is this is it. This is. It. I mean, we're we're doing this, or we're going on that. And 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 I'm learning now. Before just jumping off and doing something, is maybe I should spend a little more time planning and praying and just seeking. God, before I just jump into something because it looks like a good opportunity or a good deal. Seeking first the kingdom. Jesus says, if we do that, if we can do that, all this stuff, all these things that are worrying you, that are worrying me, are going to be given to you. Just add it on like a bonus, like the cherry on top, right? Like, like you don't have to pay for it. It was just extra. Here, here you go. The stuff that you're giving your life to right now is what he's saying to the crowd. You are so worried about food and clothes and shelter. or whatever, And you fill in the blank. If you can focus on this one thing right here, God's will for your life, God's plan for your life, his kingdom. And I'll say this. His kingdom is always going to be a bigger impact than just my world. I'll say that. I mean, I believe when we, when we are really, when we're, when we're heading towards God's kingdom plans for our life, it's never just going to be me and mine. It's going gonna, it's gonna to involve more than just me. And when I can, if I can give my life to that, he's saying, all oh, this stuff, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to just add it to you. And I think that if I could put it as practically as I could I could write it is, is that if, if I give God my first he takes care of all the rest if I can give God my first I'm going to put first and best because this principle here he's alluding to is that the principle of tithing and a lot of times that's all you hear about with the tithe is money but I don't think it's about money I think it's about our, our time I think it's about our, our, our minds what we give our lives to, what we spend our lives on, the most valuable thing you have is not money, it is your time, right? It's the, mo it's the only non-renewable resource on the planet. You can get more of everything, but time. 
And that principle there, I want to read it to you out of Deuteronomy, where it was first given. And it talks about giving your first and best. It says, give your first tithe of grain and the wine and olive oil and all of your flocks and herds. That's what they had in that day. That was, that was their currency. In the presence of the Lord your God, in a place that he will choose for you. Why? So that you may learn to put God first, right? To, to honor and reverence God in everything that you do. In everything that you do. I think that's a good indicator, <laughs> you know, what, what we do with what God gives us. But I don't think he just stops there. Because there's going to come a moment in your life where I think God's going to ask you to do things that are just not going to make sense. He's going to ask you to do things and take a step of faith that doesn't make any sense. But when you know in your heart that's what God's calling you to do, and you believe it's, 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 this is what God's put me here. This is the kingdom of God. This is, this is God's role for my life. This is God's plan for my life. I, I have to do this. I have to take this step. And it's hard. But when we get first things first, everything else falls into place. So I want you to just bow your head. I want to pray this morning. I want to pray for all my Olympic gold medalist warriors in here. <laughs> and myself. Lord, we come to you standing on your promises. You've given us your word. He said, if we put you first, seek you above all things, we won't have a perfect life, we won't have a pain-free life, we won't have a problem-free life, but we'll have a purposeful life. We'll know what we're put here to do. We won't chase things that the world's chasing. We won't chase after stuff that we really don't need. And so, Lord, I want to recommit myself. I want to invite everyone listening this morning to just make that your prayer. God, I put you first in every area of my life. You should just tell them, and you just, I put you first, God. I put you first. And listen for the Holy Spirit, even in this moment now. Lord, what is that? Now, what does that mean for me? For that crowd, they had to stop worrying about food. They had to start worrying about clothes. He gave them homework. Go look at the birds. <laughs> Go look at the flowers. Learn from them. Because when you say yes to God, he's going to say something back to you. He's going to give you something to do. He's going to give you a, maybe a relationship you don't need to have and you know you don't need to have. Or he's going to open a new door for you. But Lord, we're, we're, with our yes, we're prepared to do whatever you ask of us. We want to put you first. 
And so when the, the rains come and the wind blows and the storm shows up on our doorstep like it will, we can know we built our house on something solid. We can know we built our life on something that's going to stand. And so, Lord, we put you first every morning, every day. God, in every way, we put you first. In every area of our life, we just, we give it to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.